Hello again, and welcome to episode 136 of SDGC for Thursday, February 7th. If you're not aware, Super Deformed Gamescast meets right here every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, community game streaming, and a mental health support show. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a follow. Every single podcast is archived the next day. That's tomorrow, Friday, on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch. And you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. Um, tonight on the panel, we have Derek. What's up, buddy? Zach? Hey. Zach, are you running the Are you running the topics tonight? Or is it me? Who's, I, who's, I am who's, running the topics. You're running the topics. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Keep it going, John. Keep it I going. I want to make sure my gaming son is, is, is prepared. Uh, Finn, what's up, dude? Hello. It is and, I. And Re Rebecca's back. Rebecca, it's so yeah. nice to have you back. Look at you. Hi. Rebecca is on the bed. I have a lot. I've been in the hospital. Um, I'm about 80% Rebecca now, but that's pretty high. So we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Fantastic. We are. Moved, we are. So moved three hours north and went to the hospital. It was great. It's all it, it's all a learning process. It's all a learning process. We are and we are we are thrilled that you're back. We're thrilled that you're okay. I'm glad to be. And we have a very special guest tonight. Uh, uh, this is the second time that he has appeared on this podcast. Uh, Steven Spawn from Able Gamers, a, a source of inspiration for many people, uh, a personal hero of mine. Steve, I am so happy to have you back. I'm still not sure how I got here either time. Where where are my pants? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to point out, Steve, you need to come in from the. Come in from the snow, my man. It's it's cold outside. What no, you, what that's how I lost my pants last time. No. <laughs> John, in the words of Frozen, you gotta let it go. Don't Just ever listen. Do no. Let listen. it go. Not on this. No, 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 no. Don't don't get Stephen started. Stephen, when so <sighs> it's been about what? A, has it been like a year and a half, two years since you've been here? Yeah, it's like something eighteen like forty five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a really, really long time. It's yeah. yeah I was dude. like, I'm thirty eight years old. I was like twenty two the last time you were on this podcast. Yeah, you were like not famous. Now you're famous. I don't know what happened, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, I don't, I'm just I'm really happy that you're back, man. And I also want to uh, congratulate you on your um, your recognition at the Game Awards. Oh, well, yes. thank you. That was fantastic. Uh, we were streaming that live, and uh, I had a I had a very visceral reaction to that because I did not. I obviously I did not know it was coming, and uh, to see you honored on on that kind of a public stage just really I don't know, man. Really made me feel good. Really put a smile on my face. So yeah, congratulations, they, dude. Thank you. They they worked really hard. To, well, they, they were trying to keep it like super secret. They just wanted everybody to be like ah, and then you know there we were. How long, uh, like, like when they reached out to you and they asked and they told you, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to recognize you at the game. So like, like, what was the period of time before, uh, like, from that up until the actual award show itself? Like, how much time were you given to record all that? Well, um, so they came out probably two months before, did a two-day shoot. It was the, the longest thing. Literally, uh, we did two days worth of shooting for uh, three and a half minutes worth of film. It was a... Uh, Hollywood at its finest. Um, <laughs> oh but, man! Uh, I love the production company, though they were so top notch. Uh, they still keep in contact with me. I, they're they're really really cool people. Um, they're actually the same people who did the indie movie. Oh, that's oh, nice. oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, same people, same director, same uh, film crew. Like it was really great to to work with all of them. But uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, they they reached out to me after the huge uh, Twitter campaign, which you know I'm, I'm I know John did, and 
I'm guessing a lot of people will probably helped out as well. All the retweets and likes and, you know, telling all your grandmas to go and vote for me or else you weren't going to send them candy anymore. They worked. And, uh, <laughs> and I so actually, they were like, hey, come on. I called my mom and I told her to vote for you. And the, like the first thing she said before anything else was, I have no idea who that is. And I said, <laughs> I, I said, mom, it's fine. He does. It's, he does video games. And she said, well, if it's important to you, it's important to me. This podcast so like, is never this wholesome. Jesus Christ. Zach, so go listen, ahead. Cut me no, off. Listen. So I just, just listen. Everyone's most people here, I assume are familiar with your work, but for people in the chat who might not know, can you just give us like a quick rundown on, on your work and, and uh, kind of the history of that? Like if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I'm an architect from the Southwest. Uh, actually responsible <laughs> for a lot of the arenas you see. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, my name's Steve. Uh, I enjoy long walks on the beach, and by that I mean rolls. Uh, use a power wheelchair uh, to uh, run away from John whenever he's stalking me, not on Twitter. Um, You'll never be rid of me, Stephen. Damn it. Uh, no, I get to, I, I'm, I'm privileged to be the COO of Able Gamers, a charity probably most of you have heard about who helps people with disabilities be able to play video games, no matter what your disability might be or your challenges could be. We are responsible for some of the things like the xbox adaptive controller where we worked with microsoft we did the adroid switchblade we have done a lot of the uh humble bundle things whenever you see somebody with a disability in a feel-good video chances are we had something to do with it awesome Awesome. Well, as John said, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to be here with us. Uh, it's this is a sacrifice really to be here with us. Oh, uh, we're. I know. <sighs> we we hope we don't actually sully the name. I actually I actually want to point out that uh, uh Wout, our our pal of uh, the hashtagist from Twitter, is, uh, is in chat. And oh, well, uh, Wout, Wout, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm only calling I'm only calling him that from now on. That's like, all I'm sorry, I've, that's it, all I've ever called him. I'm sorry, but it's it's mm -hmm. it's Wout. I'm sorry. It does just it does just because because the 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 capacity for puns are so much better with Wout. So I'm sorry, man, but that's just that's that's just the way I roll. I, I, I gotta do it. I'm sorry. I feel like Woot is so much better to make fun of because it's also a, a, a shirt selling site where like I can get like a deal a day. I can just be like, Yo, Woot, what do you have for sale today? So. Well, it's also an expression of joy, isn't it? Like people say, like woot. Like people say, like you know, that's, that's I, yeah. yeah, right. Like I, I have no idea where that fucking originated. By the way, I just, I, I'm 38 so, years old. I don't use all the cool lingo anymore. So listen, it's, it's kind of been a big week with some surprise games. But before we get into that, uh, oh, I kind of wanted Zach. to do a quick, a quick roundtable of what we've been playing this week before we get into it. Uh, we, come on, we gotta start with the guest, Stephen. What have you been playing, man? Uh, you know, I'm a Rocket League fanatic, so. Even though the game is approximately 35 years old at this point, uh, <laughs> it's a game that just won't die. Uh, I love my rocket hockey, but uh, right now the, the one that's really getting me uh, interested was Anthem until I realized that they're a bunch of jerkbags. And uh, now I'm interested in uh, Division 2 coming out beta this weekend. And then, of course, the, what's it called? Uh, uh, a Rex? A T-Rex? Something like that? Oh, Apex. that's it. I'm sorry, I'm only calling it T-Rex Legends from now on. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I so would play that. I mean, to be fair, the T-Rex is the apex predator. So Somebody somebody tweet that at Jaw Muncher, by the way. T-Rex Legends. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think you're alone in playing Apex Legends. Has everybody here gotten a chance to actually sit down with it? Maybe, maybe not nope. you, Reb, because you've been very sick. 
Yeah, I feel I, like I'm the Jess, only. Jess was able to sit at a PC yesterday, so no. Okay. Well, I, I mean, like I'm the only person. I know. I, I, Zach, I, the internet makes me feel like I'm the only person that has not played this yet. Zach, why are you asking me? We literally played it together. The oh, other I know. Day. You I know. I've sat down with it. Yeah, you're, you're fully aware. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ten. Ten million. million. One, one million concurrent, which yeah. Was... Like that's what was what did the, what did they say that was? That's like more than Counter Strike has had, I think. Yeah. So so for for PUBG was like for PUBG to hit the one million mark, it took until January of last year, which is uh like eleven months after that game launched originally. So this is hitting it. Uh, obviously, this is free, which is different. Uh, and obviously, the market there is also bigger because of games like PUBG and, and Fortnite introducing yeah. people to the genre. But I mean, those are crazy numbers. Uh, a for respawn and, and B for EA, right? With a free to play yeah. game. When they it's also win. They needed a win bad. Well, they needed a yeah. win, but it's also important to point out the, um, uh, I can't remember the exact time, but it took what, Fortnite, a couple weeks to reach uh, the 10 million mark? And uh, 14, it took 14 days. 14 days. Uh, yeah. So, so two weeks, like literally just like, like I just said, Zach. Uh, and I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding, bud. And uh, what it took uh, Apex Legends, what, three days, two days? Two days? Two hours. Two days. So, gee, that's, oh my God. That's so three days. I mean, let's throw it up for a game that, decided to launch when it was actually ready to launch instead yes. of six to yeah. 12 months early. Right. Well, nice and surprise after, let's see, what, what have we had so far? Fallout 76. Oh uh, yeah. The, the Anthem beta. Let's just call it, let's just call it like it is mm. Anthem. Anthem's um, going to launch before it's ready. What, what, what else has been out? Um, waste that, of that time at last. Yeah. Th that game that launched over the holday, whatever that was. Oh, oh, um, Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, that could have used a little more time. <laughs> 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 no, that, that big game that was from the people who did the other game, and I don't yeah, know. That's, 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 video game. You are literally describing every game, Rebecca. Isn't it great, though? Nobody remembers what it is. I, I, oh, I, I honest to God, have no idea what you're talking about. Are you no. talking about the one I was just making fun of with Atlas? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. right, yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. I, yes. I, I, I Atlas. Yes. Atlas waste of time at last. Whatever. You Sorry, told whatever. Yes. So uh, Mitty and chat brought up Battlefield 5. Yeah. Also, yeah, so Derek's mic is dead. So while Derek is doing that, I will take over this conversation for a second. So one of the things, Apex has made a lot of waves, not just for its player numbers, but uh, its big innovation seems like it's the way you can communicate with pretty much the use of a single button. Yes. Uh, which is pretty revolutionary. And like, once you see it in use, it feels in, like really wild that no one else has come up with I it. I want right? this, I want this in every Battle Royale game going forward, period. Like I, or every, you know what? I wanted it, I'll, I want it in every first player, first person multiplayer shooter going forward. It's fucking great. I yeah. love it. Check. Uh, yep, there you are, we can hear you. You can, okay, there we go. I could hear you the whole time. I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, please continue. I did not mean to cut you. No, off. no, you're okay. So so yeah, I mean so so for people who haven't gotten a chance to play uh, uh Apex Legends or T-Rex Legends, 
the big thing here is with a single uh, button press, you can mark people, you can point to locations people can go, you can point out objects or people on your team to grab, and you can thank people. It's really like a catch-all button that contextualizes everything in the game uh, and really simplifies communication. It, some people are pointing out it's like the first multiplayer game in a really long time where you don't feel like you're at a loss without a headset on talking with with uh, friends or strangers online. Uh, yeah. it, it seems like a big win for communication, but maybe a big win for accessibility. Steven, is that kind of uh, your your take on it at all? Uh, is it hitting? Yeah, you know, there's definitely things that they need to do to fix the full accessibility range. Um, Unfortunately, they, they missed the mark on things like uh, doing menus right, the sensitivities are not adjustable, um, but they did launch with fully remappable keys, The having the ability to call everything out with different buttons. It's not so much the ability to call something out with a one button click, it's that it changes based on your environment. So there's only one other game that does something like that right now, and that's PUBG, where mm. if, you're, if you're falling, it's one set of controls. If you're on the ground, it's another set but it's the same keys. So if you're somebody who only has the ability to use five keyboard keys, then you can do multiple things using the same damn buttons, which is what a lifesaver. Right. You know, it's really interesting about this conversation is that I, mean, I read a, well, uh, you're, you, everything about you is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, see see how many times I can derail John tonight. <laughs> so, Steven, I am so used to it at this point. <laughs> the rest of these fucking chuckleheads okay like that's my specialty except for except for rebecca rebecca has never ever tried to derail it but the rest of these the rest of these assholes i'm telling you right now but um well this feels like a great time for me to jump in not stop it finn i'm gonna make my point let me make my point because it's a good one i read a very story today i read a very interesting story today about now I'm distracted with that shit-eating grin on Steven's face. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, I read a story today. I can't, even, I, I can't, even, I can't even look at Steven. I can't even look at him right now. I read a very interesting story today about uh, a gamer who was mute. Uh, she was born mute. Uh, she, she, her vocal cords don't operate normally. And it's always been really difficult for her to play uh, multiplayer games online because she can't she can't communicate in the way that she would like. Um, and what's interesting about this is that for the first time, she is able to, at the very least, uh, make her teammates aware of what is happening around her with the with the push of a button, which is something that she wasn't able to do before. I'll find the I'll find the article and I'll I'll drop it in chat. I I should have had it ready, but I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Um, and yeah. it's just one it, and it's just one more reason why. I just, I love this medium. Like I, I, and I love innovation like this and I love like, you know, Stephen, as you said, you know, as far as accessibility goes, the game still has a little, a little ways to go, but I feel like this has so many like tech, like stuff like this, like being able to just mark targets like that has I, like, it's got more implications that people have really stopped to think about. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, the communication is, is really what people tend to overlook. Right. So, we're all aware now, we're all uh, woke when it comes to the fact that controllers are different and we might need a different kind of controller. You know, Microsoft has helped us with making that kind of uh, awareness. But um, really, we're not talking about communication. We're not talking about how if you're in Rocket League and you can't communicate to your teammate where you're going to be, how much of a disadvantage you're at. Or if you're in a first-person shooter and somebody has themselves on Discord how much of an advantage they have on you. You know, we all think about that when it comes to, say, Dead by Daylight, where it's like, oh, they're on, they're survival friends. They can talk to each other. That's cheating, borderline. 
but then we go to another game, we don't think about how much of an advantage it is just to be able to talk and listen to somebody else. And it's so huge, and I'm glad they decided to attack that problem. Well, and it's like stuff like this and, and reading that article like really just kind of hammers home. It was it was poignant. It it hammers home just how much I take for granted, um, not just when not just when it comes to playing games, but I guess in my personal life as well. Um, and uh, it was it was really sobering and, and a really positive story to read in a in a time where I think not just this industry, but, you know, the world in general needs more uplifting, positive stories like that. Uh, and I'm just cool that something like that is is coming about because of games, because it's a medium and an industry that I love. We all love. Um, right. well, and, and uh, it, it's just please. it's one of the things that that I can appreciate about it is it feels like there are there we have seen developers, uh, small and large, take steps towards accessibility. But like in my mind, and maybe I'm not paying attention as, as much as I should, but it, this feels like one of the biggest um, it, it feels like one of the biggest AAA efforts to really think about accessibility and it seems like they started at an early state with that um whereas like sometimes i feel like triple a games kind of throw in accessibility or or even even things as as um uh second nature at this point as like colorblind settings like it, it just feels like now at least respawn and ea are at least putting us at the surface level although i think you mentioned steven that like games like anthem did you mention those are is that from a gameplay perspective or are you talking about accessibility when you mentioned that so Let's keep in mind that uh, games are made by developer studios. They're not made by the publisher. So sure. it's always it's always very important to remember when, uh, from my angle, when I'm going after a publisher on Twitter, it's because they've done something monumental. But for the most part, it's on the studio, right? So sure. you know, even though EA is through Respawn, Respawn did great with their game as far as accessibility, and I expect them to get better. Anthem, however, horrible. And their creative director this week tried to throw people with disabilities under the bus for why they're not going to have some features like text chat. So Whoa, you know, whoa. Steven, I missed that. What happened? Yes. What? yes, the creative director of Anthem came out and said that the reason that they're not going to be able to have text chat is because of the CVAA, which is a new government law stating that you have to have a minimum standard of accessibility. And rather than put any effort behind making it where you could change the text size or you could change the box size. Very, very, I'm talking minimal. You learn in the first year of development how to do stuff. They literally went on a record saying, I forget which outlet it was with, but they went to an outlet, might have been Vice or Waypoint, and said, yeah, you can blame uh, the new accessibility laws because that's why you're not going to be able to talk to your teammates. Wow. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, we're not very happy with them right now. That's heartbreaking coming from Bioware because Bioware historically has been pretty dependable to be at least attempting to be kind of on the forefront of like inclusion and things like that. So, I mean, just I know that it's not it's a company and it's a revolving door of people. But still, like that's 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 really heartbreaking to hear because it's not what I would have expected from them. But it's just tremendously disappointing. It's yeah, not, not what we expected either. Yeah, I, I do also kind of want to throw this in here, and I know this isn't really quite what we're talking about, but in terms of offering alter alternatives and games to voice chat communication, um, when games like uh, Apex Legends do it well, it's also a win for diversity, um, because there are, I mean, especially women, you know, have issues getting on voice chat because people will just, you know, give them shit because of the way that they sound, and so. You know, for games like Overwatch, it can be difficult to play at a competitive level um, if you just can't get on voice chat because everyone's just a giant asshole. Um, but so offering these alternative options in games um, can help uh, diversify the player pool and can help 
people get better at these games because they can play at a higher level without feeling like they're just being crapped all over. And right. so when they decide to, um, that also diversity is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I hadn't really thought about that, Red, but you're so right because like, and, and like, it's so frustrating that this has to be a thing for you, right? Where it's like, yeah, women, like women can really appreciate Apex Legends because that means they're not going to be sexually harassed by teammates. But like, that's <laughs> where we're at in a meeting. Yeah. So, well, and we'll, one day you wish we wouldn't have to put that kind of like, yay, that's a win. But yeah, well, what, what I think is really cool, um, like, you know, like, yeah, it's not all it, it's it's not all wine and roses. It's not all perfect. But what I think is really cool is this is the like, so Apex Legends represents the first instance that I'm aware of. And if I'm wrong, or if I'm missing something, somebody please point, point it out to me. But I like what one of those characters, um, it's one of the gas mask, I can't remember, I can't remember the name, but Bloodhound is, is, is Bloodhound is officially uh, a non-binary, yeah. uh, yep. which I think is awesome uh, and Gibraltar's the... openly gay right out in the front which is not common to see either yeah right two, right there's two whole black women well, yeah. one, so, right? so i think i think they said they said 25 percent of the cast is lgbtq LGBT. yeah um yeah, yeah. Well, and like, and, and what feels so much more significant about that, because we've seen people like Blizzard kind of come back to that, but what's really uh, refreshing to me about reading stories about that is, I, I think it was the voice actress for, for Bloodhound, but I could be wrong, it's somebody else in the production. Yeah, yeah, they right, said, like, they right. said day one, they said day yeah. one of voice acting, they said, like, straight off the gate, like, this character is non-binary, and, like, it, that was just... Like that, that was something they, they had thought about before they came into the recording studio. And it's not what, like we're seeing with Blizzard where like they're kind of coming in and looking for good guy points when they really weren't thinking critically about which, it. Which is good. Like, it's good that they're doing it, Zach. Like, yeah, I'm like I want to point it out. But but but, yeah. but, I, I, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, the difference is, is that from the get-go, Respawn yeah. has been very clear about this is how this character was conceptualized. This is the design behind the character. They're and making a conscious effort to be diverse. Exactly. Whereas, like, whereas, like, we're looking at we're looking at uh, Overwatch now, which I still don't think has a black woman character, right? No, no, it doesn't. But and the no. thing that I just want to throw in on that is, it's with Apex. I haven't even played uh, Apex Legends yet, but this game, just from what I've followed, it feels like it was designed with that in mind. Whereas with Blizzard and their and their incremental additions, feels like an afterthought, like they're playing catch up with their own creation. Sure, but uh, uh, this. Apex feels like that's part of the game from the get-go, which I think is a huge differential. Yeah, at times Blizzard reminds me of like J.K. Rowling returning to like some Harry yes. Potter lore yeah. or retcon that's stuff. Whereas like, whereas like with with Respawn, it just feels refreshing because they're like, yeah, the people who play our games, people who make our games, are, are all from different walks of life. So of course we're going to represent them. In no, that's a hundred percent. Like Soldier seventy six is just just like J.K. going like, oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. He was. I just forgot to mention it in all the books. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I've actually got a question for Steven. Um, nope. you know, while we're on the subject of Apex Legends. So like, Steven, how much time have you spent with the game? You know, I've only gotten to test it out to make sure that it would be borderline accessible. So I really haven't okay. gotten too deep dive in it yet, but um so far, uh it's it, it's only failing in uh advanced level categories, which is uh kind of impressive for a first time game. Do you th so and you may not be able to answer this, but do you has has respawn has respawn been like like have you provided feedback to them in regards to ability and have they been receptive to it? You know, unfortunately, I am under so many NDAs that yeah, there are golden robots inside my closet right now that are willing <laughs> to beat me down if I say the wrong thing. So that's fair. Um, so, but, yeah. 
so I guess what I will ask is this is from your time playing the game, like from a gameplay, like from a gameplay perspective, like I, I'm a huge fan of Titanfall 2, like Titanfall 2, I think, like for my money, has one of the best single player first person shooter campaigns ever. Um, now, obviously, Apex Legends doesn't have some of those, um, some of those, you know, gameplay elements that you would consider uh, intrinsic to the Titanfall franchise, like, you know, there's no mechs, uh, there's no wall running. Um, but and I thought I would miss these things, but as I think Zach and I both agree that I don't, we don't really miss them. And I wanted to see what you thought. You know, the, the wall running and the kind of gimmicky mechanics are what makes things inaccessible to people who have motor neuron disabilities, people who have yeah, no, you know, a, those kind of things. Yeah. It's, uh, a, the more gimmicky your gameplay is, the, the more, uh, inaccessible it's going to be, you know, uh, things like, um, uh, Call of Duty, uh, advanced warfare where you had you know to worry about your x y and z axis because you could come up above people and you could fly off of roofs and stuff like that made it almost completely un- inaccessible because you had a double jump and a jetpack so it was like okay now i have to manage nine buttons for movement instead of just turning in a circle so um yeah i was happy to see the wall running was out i was happy to see that it's it's more of a traditional um battle royale with uh fun weapons yeah well, it- that's fascinating because I honestly, again, this is a, a, just one more reason I'm glad you're here because from an accessibility standpoint, is not disabled. I never would have thought of that. Um, I, I never would have considered that. Like that's 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 just fascinating to think about. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Zach. Please go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, it just absolutely lines up with what Steven was saying, whereas like the more buttons you require somebody to play, the the yep. less accessible it will be for someone, right? Aww. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it totally it totally checks out. So if, if you guys are all set with Apex Legends, uh, so so one quick thing before we move on, uh, people on the podcast uh, who aren't on tonight because we have got a guest, we are planning to do more Apex Legends in-depth stuff this weekend. Uh, but before we go to the next topic, Derek, do you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, I just added one question. So, I mean, and I, I haven't... I mentioned it a little before the show, like I'm really happy with the like text to speech and speech to text functionality within the game. Um, yeah. We brought up the colorblind, colorblind options, but has anybody here heard any feedback on how good those colorblind options I, are? Because I, I always used to take that for granted until um, Mark Brown, who does the Game Makers Toolkit uh, channel, has been doing these fantastic videos on on various areas of accessibility within gaming. Um, and he does one on, on for example, like colorblindness. Um, and and I, I always took for granted, you know, that those colorblind options that are provided in games just work. Um, and in so many cases, they they don't. They're poorly thought out and implemented by by perfectly abled people who are just making assumptions as to how that works. So I, I didn't know if anybody had heard feedback on whether or not the colorblind options in Apex Legends were actually good or if they were in need of some improvement. So I can't get into the specifics because I'm not uh, super aware with like the specific problems, uh, but I do know that I have seen people ask them to revisit some of the options there. Okay. Uh, so one of the things for people who haven't played, Apex Legends uh, simplifies games like uh, uh, Fortnite and PUBG especially, have things you need to like, your bullets are 762 or 556, uh, you know, the, the bullet classifications. Apex Legends instead re- relies on color and heavy, medium, and light. Uh, and so some of the colors are like a cyan, which really doesn't play nice with some colorblind options. And so some of the options aren't meshing well uh, for some players. And some people are asking Raceful to take a second pass at some of the colorblind options is what I saw. Um, yeah, they really good to work on adding icons. I mean, that's the problem is they relied on yeah. color alone. 
And that's, okay. a, that's, that's just the recipe for disaster, no matter what game it is. You have to add icons to your game. Simple as that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think that was something that, like, I, I feel like when I've played this game, a lot of what it reminds me of is, is um, early Borderlands, before Borderlands kind of switched to that, that cell, cell yeah, shade. Yeah, I, I remember you mentioning that. That was an Yeah. And, but, but one of the things that Borderlands was good at, although it, sometimes it did overload, was that same sort of thing where they put text on the screen while you're looking at items. But sometimes Borderlands definitely went overkill with that. Um, but yeah, so does anybody have anything else about Apex before we move on? No, but I can... Okay. I, it's difficult when you don't add color picker. It doesn't matter whether it's it's Apex or, or anything. Take, for example, uh, Anthem. Again, um, they uh, are horrible trash at their colorblind mode because all they did was they literally took a blue filter and put it over top of the regular color scheme, and they're like, all right, that's accessible for red-green. Like, Man, no, I, that's I, not protodanic. I, that's I, just not... <laughs> I, I, I am so disappointed with what I've heard about anthem tonight like that's that's just not 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 what anybody should be expecting um from a from a major publisher and just uh, that's unfortunate man mm, yep. that's that's things finn go ahead man no i just my last thought since i won't be joining you on your actual apex talk is i don't think i've ever seen public sentiment swerve so quick because of the stealth launch it went from a titanfall game with no titans or parkour what are they doing yeah to holy crap it's overtaking fortnite yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it was also what? an interesting counterbalance given that EA's financials came out that same week. And I mean, we don't need to delve into those by any means, but the, the CEO basically came out and said, this was just a disappointing quarter. Things did not go well. Battlefield 5 did not do well. Um, but here's Apex Legends, everybody. So, Reb, we actually have some time, and because it's so much into your beat, do you mind going over the EA stuff really quick? I know it's not on our topics list, but if you could, it, I know I'm you're. I'm on my phone, and I don't have it pulled up right Fine. now. Fine. Fine. But... It'd be uh... off the top of my head. It'd be off the top of my head. Okay. I can, can you I, do, I, it? Kind of... do it? Do um, it. Do it. Yeah, kind of. So basically, EA's financials came out earlier this week for quarter for Q3, and um, it was a weirdly candid set of financials. Um, they missed. Yeah pretty much all their targets if i remember correctly and again like don't don't feel free to correct me on any of this like i don't, I don't have it in front of me right now um i just like read the report and wrote it up a couple days ago um but like they missed all their targets and the ceo was like yeah this was a disappointing quarter uh, battlefield 5 didn't meet its expected targets um i think they gave a sales figure on that 7.6 um, and they were expecting about 8 point something yeah that's right mm -hmm. um and they kind of attributed that to Bad marketing, which I don't really know what that they, would have been. They thought um, they focused too much on campaign, is what they said. I yeah. guess um, they talked about they kind of meant they kind of threw battle royale under the bus, which I thought was an inter interesting one because I do remember when they first announced it, them talking about their battle royale mode was like a big highlight of yeah. the announcement of the game, but that wasn't there at launch. Still um, not there, they, I don't think. No, no, it's not. It's yeah. coming up here soon. Um, right. And then they also talked about moving oh. the release date and how that hurt it because they had to compete with like Call of Duty and Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, right. So that that was a big loss for them. They also talked about how Command and Conquer Rivals did uh, did not do as well as they were hoping it would. Um, really? I believe I believe something in the quote was like how the majority of the top games right now on the charts are have been there for a long time, like they're really established. And it's really hard for new ones to break in, and so they're trying to focus on bringing players or something which right. i know i know talk, i know mobile we're talking about mobile here but like mobile when mobile's a money maker mobile is a money maker and when it's not it's not and yeah so 
Um, and they that, threw a single was... player under the bus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they really yeah. did. Um, yeah. But so so those things. Um, and they but then they had like they also gave like expected sales targets for Anthem, and they seemed like ridiculously Hi. optimistic. It reminds me. Considering... Go ahead, Finn. Sorry. No, I'm saying it just reminds me of Square Enix's Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah. Projections. Yep. yep. Do they have those numbers? What they actually were? I don't have them in front of me. For Anthem, six six million, right? Five to six. six. By the end of March, and which is really ambitious, considering we just came off of a beta where most people were like technical issues and also iffy gameplay. Like it felt real optimistic. Look, all I'm saying is I I know ten people, and I'm not. I literally have been keeping track. It was six as of yesterday, as of tonight. Ten people that have canceled their pre-orders for Anthem. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I all I'm gonna all I'll say is I think Division Two is gonna eat its lunch. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I, I guess I've seen nothing but positive reception about the like just you know the core gameplay for the Division Two. Um, and I'm not in the beta this weekend, but I've I've heard great things, and I Plus, just I, I you you can just trust Ubisoft to handle a games as a service game a little better. Yeah, yeah. And, and also I, and also it's an Ubisoft sequel, point. and they usually get it right. Right yeah. with their sequels. I mean, crew, crew being the, the yeah. exception. Well, that's an outlier, um, but it's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and like, also, just... it's the division. I mean. Yeah. 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 And that game. That, that game broke records. Sell. Yeah. And this yeah. this new one's gonna break records as well. And I think. And the I don't very... think. I don't think you're gonna see that massive month after a drop off that you did with the first one this time. I I no, don't think that's gonna happen. Dropped off because of the hackers last time. If yeah. everybody everybody hated the amount of people they were just one shot killing everybody, and this yep. time I think they're ready for it. They know oh, that yeah. people are gonna come in and try to be you know douches, and they're gonna block it. Right. I agree. I 100%. Steve, 100%. Yeah. So one last thing, just to cap off what Reb was talking about with EA's numbers. So this is this is like the weird thing about Apex's launch date. So it came out this week. Uh, early access for Origin and EA access for Anthem is next Friday, the 15th. And then sometime in March, we're expecting Battlefield's Battle Royale mode to come out. So EA seems like they're leaning really, really uh, decidedly and unexpectedly hard into this this February-March window, right? Like, is that pretty uncharacteristic? So it's it's, like it's it. characteristic, and it's a poor choice like it usually is. I mean, remember, this is the same EA that sent Titanfall 2 to die in, like, right alongside within two weeks of, of both... Call of Duty and their own big so hyped so up so Battlefield game, um, and now we've got Apex Legends, Anthem, the the this you know big new battle royale mode for Battlefield, all hitting within a couple weeks of each other. And I yeah. recognize that Anthem is not the same thing as like the battle royale modes of although Apex Legends and Battlefield 5 are absolutely going to compete directly with each other in that regard but like yeah. people only have so much entertainment time period and <laughs> Derek, I'm sorry. I know cat the cat's, cats. great yeah, I'm trying right so yeah. hard yeah. not to bust into just kitty mode but everyone I'm so it's a I'm great so cat glad. so it's like like I just want to contrast this episode here with and I'm sorry if you guys I'm sure they'll listen to it, but our episode with Tom Johnson and Jeff Grubb, which was just a, a a chaos fire, and then Rebecca comes back on the podcast and she's eating cookies and there's a fuzzy kitty and everything's whole wholesome and pure again, mm-hmm. and it's just like thinking about the thinking about I don't know the dichotomy between these two different episodes. Yeah. <laughs> right listen, John, John, life is a pendulum. All right, we go yeah. back and forth between. We'll be back in the trash soon. Vacation back to your podcast. You're I welcome. keep feeling like y'all are talking, but there's a cat. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, good podcast, everybody. Please, Let's all please, watch this guy. Right, Zach, keep us going. That's fine. But anyway, okay. this is this is par for the course with EA. They do yeah. this. They've they've done this multiple times before, where they have multiple big online games that are going to need people playing them and pumping money into them. Um, and they release multiple competing project products from themselves in the same time frame, right alongside something else that has the potential to eat their lunch. You know, yeah. uh, the division now Call of Duty before with the example of Titanfall and Battlefield. It's I don't know what they're doing. I don't well, know. Like, what's up. what's Buck Wild about this? And like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to have Apex now. Apex is my shit. Uh, but what, like, what feels so Buck Wild about this is like no other until until Division comes out, which is like end of March. They could have had like a full month of just Anthem because there's no other big multiplayer games coming out. But instead, they're like, hey, let's just uh, let's just piggyback this free to play game that also has microtransactions where people might buy money and then feel a little pinch and then not buy your full your your full uh, retail cost product. And then they're also like, oh, this Battlefield game that you probably slept on, you could probably get it for twenty bucks and then play its be uh, its battle royale mode. But also, wait, you could just go play our other. Uh, battle royale game for free apex like it just again it's it's exactly what derek's saying where like they like they they could have no competition with anthem right now and they're just going for it anyway yeah they it, it just it's it, it i know people have said this so many times but it just brings up the titanfall 2 yep. battlefield 1 scenario where it almost seems count like just how could such a big company make such silly decisions with their launches oh it's easy to know why because it's, I'm paraphrasing whoever tweeted it, so I don't know who to give credit to, but they stole the Hitman line. And they, when they said that y'all thought that Apex was trapped in a room with Anthem, turns out Anthem was trapped in a room with Apex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Why don't you, uh, Zach, why don't you go ahead and move us on, babe? Sure, sure, sure. So, so one thing, uh, you know, last okay. Sunday... <laughs> last no. Zach, real quick, real quick. Last real, thing. Real quick. Hold on. I want to give a, I want to give a shout out to all our we've got a lot of new faces in chat tonight. We're we're happy everybody is here. Yeah. Um thank you so much for joining us. Uh I'm not gonna tell you I'm not gonna tell you 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 should throw us a follow here on Twitch and on and on Twitter, but I'm not gonna tell you you can't either. So not, not saying that. Throw, throw Let me shill, guys. Zach. Let me shill. Please continue. Throw these guys a follow, spawners. They're uh, they're good people, and they stream on the night I don't. So there you go. That's for yeah. hey, hey. Hey. It works out for everybody. It works out for everybody. What you're saying yeah. is brand synergy is here. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. So listen. Last Sunday there was I don't know if anybody saw it. There was a sports oh, video yeah. game on, uh, and in between sports that. Now, let me tell you, there were two big moments yeah. that people are talking about from that game. One, the was biggest it when the one, every, every, everybody loved it. Uh, it was when uh, Maroon 5 came out. People loved that. People seemed ecstatic. Uh, yeah, about that moment. yeah do, Maroon 5 was really great. SpongeBob song, and I thought that was they were going to do song, oh, and oh. I'm real mad that I didn't get the winner takes all. It's yes. one more kill. I'm so mad I didn't get that. I think you yeah. should sing the entire yeah, song can we right here live. Like, can we can we get a, a full rendition of it? Karaoke no? night. Um, I'm still sick. By no. the way, I just want to point okay. out. I thought that was an actual. Like, I'm an idiot, and I was kind of drunk, and I actually thought that was a real fireball uh, about to crash into the 
onto the football Ooh. field for the for yeah. So th- shit. So for me, shit almost got God that fucking cat. Uh, God. Yeah, the only thing that matters about the Super Bowl is the Saints got robbed. Look at that cat. It's too full. This this podcast yeah. is. Too and now Derek has a dog. We're Fuck, off the rails. damn it, Derek. Like Jesus, we're here. Earlier. We're doing a dog. I'm bringing up. this shit down. I'm bringing this back down oh, to Earth. Final Fantasy 15 is the best. Is the second yep. best Final Fantasy Whoa. game, and Witcher 3 Combat is terrible. I gotta bring this. I gotta bring this back down to the muck, man. I'm sorry, it's too wholesome now. We have real topics, but it just feels like there's a lot of pets going on. <laughs> uh, I, I can't you, make this move. This is not going anywhere. If you want to get better ratings, just have cats and dogs. We don't okay. even need to be here. We really don't. <laughs> we, Zach, please. Uh, Zach, all right, I don't want. I don't want Zach okay. to run screaming out no, of the room. Zach, no, no, please. No, no. Please, no, this, no, go ahead, take Zach. us. No, Zach, let's go. Okay, so second only to Maroon 5's uh, five-star rated uh, halftime show uh, was actually, so it's a thing that a lot of us here and probably a lot of people in chat uh, are already familiar with long before it, but uh, I think this was like the first really big time Microsoft uh, spent some time highlighting their adaptive controller uh, with a pretty powerful ad showing different kids uh, with different uh, uh, abilities that, that needed the adaptive controller for different reasons. Uh, and really just showing how that was empowering them to to play. And like I think of all people, one of the viral tweets I saw saw was from like Cher, who was just really stoked about the adaptive controller. That's cool. Um, and it but like what was so cool about this was like it very rarely, unless it's a Call of Duty ad during like an NBA game, uh, we rarely see people outside of this sphere, outside of gaming Twitter, whatever, engage with uh important ways that gaming is doing positive things we, we see it when a game is too violent or there's a controversial thing that's being said or done um but this felt like a like a decidedly positive inclusive time and like i don't i don't know i just i wanted to talk about it because i felt like it was worth doing and also steven of course your work is is pretty much uh without it it wouldn't exist so <laughs> yeah i mean i'll say this i work at like a regular ass news station in my day job and um like people there when I mentioned that we were going to have Steve on, then I mentioned like the adaptive controller and some of the stuff that, that, that we've been pushing for in the game sphere. Like everybody knew about this adaptive controller and everybody had seen the national ads, you know, airing in prime time and during major sporting events and things like that. So, um, and, and it was pretty, even people who, who are pretty dismissive of gaming were had extremely positive, like things to say about that, and we're really, really stoked about that. Um, you know, that just goes to show how well then, how far the message is gone. House is coming down. It's been joys of owning a pit. Uh, our mascot Saki cried while watching the commercial for the first time, and when we went to the Microsoft store, they had one out on display for people to try and see and get familiar with, and it's it's been a phenomenal uh, just piece of tech and it's been really cool just seeing it on the big screen and having it get the recognition it deserves and well, just the job. just the idea like so so i i saw the commercial too i was i was watching the super bowl and the idea that and it's it, like it made me think uh, i went to school with uh, i went to school with a guy a high school uh, i should specify i went to high school with a guy who didn't have full use of his of his left arm uh and his hand and back then there was nothing like this, right? Like I was in high school in 1997, and yes, I'm. Oh, I was two. Okay. I was two years old when John was in high school. Oh God! Please cool. stop, Zach. Zach, by the cool. way, nice robe, buddy. Okay, nice. It's a it's, it's, it, I'm just saying. Anyway, I was when I 
Sorry. <laughs> Steve, what was that? You look like an out of work wizard. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yes! yes! I love it. Yes! Thank you, Steve. Steve. Oh, God. Steve, that is a moment. <laughs> so, for people who please join us, Julian, please gift that. Gift, gift no, that, Julian. You have to gift that, please. No, gift the whole people, thing, Julian. For people who just joined us, this is the roast of me, apparently. Yes. God damn. And out of our. our my Zach favorite our... thing. My favorite thing is when we have a guest on and he's immediately just out, not afraid to fucking go. <laughs> I love it. It's it, that's why I love Steven. You are now yeah. our, our 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 out of work wizard. It, Thank you so much. It's a nice cardigan. It's, it's a, it, was, it does look quite yeah. nice. It was a gift. It looks like you forgot where you put your wand. I mean, <laughs> you're a wizard, oh. Zachy. Oh. I've been. Oh, this is this is the best podcast we've ever done. This is fantastic. We're never ever going to top this. Um, oh. I, I, I had a point. I had a point I was making. Right, right. Okay, sorry. I got. I got. I got distracted by the by the Zach Donks. It was it was just too good. Um, so I, I went to school. I went to school with a guy who didn't have full use of his left arm. And back then, um, there wasn't anything like this. There there was like there was a really really shitty one handed PlayStation controller. Uh, it was a third-party controller. I remember it very distinctly, but it was it was good for RPGs, and that was basically it. Um, and it kept him from it kept him from playing games that you know games like GoldenEye sixty four, right? Which was huge, you know, you know, you know, back in back when I was in high school, so many years ago. And um, and and he was fuck you. And he was god damn it, fuck, fuck. Anyway, I'm so old. Um, but, uh, it kept him from enjoying games that the rest of us, you know, like, you know, Halo and, you know, old, I, I knew this kid through college, so Halo and, and, you know, games like that. And I, I can't help but wonder, he's gotta be my age, you know, he's my age now and I, I don't know where he's at, but I can't help but wonder what he thinks about this. And just, so to see, to see a commercial that basically tells everybody, you know, Hey, every, you can, you can all play now. Everybody can play. Um, was so incredibly moving for me thinking about the people in my life who I've known, uh, who until now weren't able to play, um, is just, it's, it's one more reason. I mean, just Steve, thank you. Like, thank, thank you for that. I mean, it's literally what you've done has literally, and it seems small to some people who aren't involved in this industry, who don't play games and that's fine, but you've, changed people's lives um for the better and the entire industry owes you a thank you so thanks man for doing this so here's the great thing about that that person he she they might think that this controller is entirely garbage it might be (laughs) the thing that saves them from a life where they don't have video games what's great about the controller is that the marketing that microsoft is putting out is awareness bringing it's not about the actual controller because they are they they put the money into a controller and now they need to get that money back and because of that they are doing their full pr machine behind it and i can say this without a doubt because i practically worked for microsoft for two weeks when i did just about every news station on the planet with my buddy craig we hit probably everything we craig was in new york i was on the full circuit of podcasts and interviews and uh, we did it all and they microsoft would really have you believe that this controller will cure all disabilities and it won't and that's and that's something that we keep putting out there is this is not 
a silver bullet. This is not what's going to kill the werewolves. This is the beginning. This is yeah. signaling. This is the road flare. This is the 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 flare to us all that this is a problem. This is something we are attacking now. This is the beginning of a tidal wave change where we're going to include everybody, even if we have to drag the industry kicking and screaming. And in some cases, we do. You do. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I it's real. Uh, Rebecca, I'm sorry, please go ahead. Um, I think, and kind of, kind of to that point, um, I think, and I, I know like what you said, like Microsoft is trying to get their money back, you know, that they invested into this. Um, but that is, that's turning out to be a really, really fascinating thing because something, you know, we're, we're all on, we're all extremely online. I mean, we are incredibly invested in the gaming industry. We know, you know, these things that go on within the industry. We've read all the articles about, you know, the adaptive controller. We've, you know, you know, dug into all this stuff. Like we're, we're extremely aware of like a lot of the intricacies of the industry and kind of where it's going. But like you're the average person who thinks about video games, you know, maybe plays like one or two a year, you know, maybe only knows what they see, you know, on TV or when they go into a GameStop. Like most people who play video games and spend money on video games don't, aren't extremely online and aren't aware that, you know, there have been, you know, other tools before the adaptive controller that have been usable. And so by airing this ad during the Super Bowl and by having, you know, just kind of the PR marketing thing just churning and churning and churning and being like super loud about it, there are people out there who probably, you know, never even considered the possibility that there might be an easier way for them to play games. Like it, not even like a thought in their head. And they see this and they're like, oh, maybe there is something that can be done. Maybe this isn't the answer, but there there could be an answer. And not only like that, but, but to go even further with your point is there are people out there that have never met and never hung with, maybe even never seen a person with disabilities. Now, yeah. uh, depending on how old you are, if you are John's age and my age, then, <laughs> you know, back when the dinosaurs were walking the earth, oh the... People with disabilities, I'm about to get real here, people with disabilities were shoved into facilities, closets, back rooms, uh, uh, to something to blow all of your minds. Within John and mine's lifetime, it, will, it could totally have happened where I could have gone into a McDonald's and I would have been asked to leave because I was making people feel uncomfortable. Yep. That was within our lifetimes. We, we, we run around and we act like we're a superior society that is welcoming and loving we're not we have just recently started changing this way so there are people who grew up and they may not have met or hung with people who had disabilities so no matter what microsoft's true intention of doing these commercials is i'm sure you had a bunch of the 15 year old douchebags or the 35 year old douchebags that made fun of people in that commercial that's fine They're, they either need educated or they can't be educated one of the two uh, but predominantly, most of America got to see something that they're not used to seeing, and they had their eyes opened. And for that, I'm very glad that it happened. Well, and what what I what I think is valuable about it is, you know, the success of not just you know not just the controller itself, but the message as well is a very a very loud bell to the rest of the industry, Stephen. That you know, look, we have to we have to catch up. We've we've got to get on board with this. Um, you know, because which which honestly, like just just a very briefly segue back in, into EA and Anthem real quick, which makes the lack of accessibility in Anthem all the more stark, right? Because because it's now 
the call is out, as you've said, right? And and the industry as a whole has to start being more accommodating and it is slowly happening. So to see developers not get the message and not move forward like that is 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 even more stark than it would be um even just a year ago, right? That's why I'm so mad about you know the creative director just throwing people with the disabilities under the bus. It's That's not terrible. it's not acceptable, especially after yeah. that Super Bowl ad. It it's not, you know, and uh Hopefully, going on to podcasts like yours and talking about on Twitter, uh, you know, we're going to start to rile up Twitter, and they're going to tell that creative director that that was not okay. Now, let me let me be specific. I am not encouraging a lynch mob. That is not what my my personality, my brand is all about. But I do think when you feel strongly, you should tweet at the company or at the person and say, "Listen, I care about these people. I care about this segment of the gamer population, and you should support them." One hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. God, this fucking this whole conversation has just opened up a whole new, a whole new avenue for me. Like, Listen, I, is, that, this is the perspective what, I needed. That's, that's what we do here: is we go serious, and then we go to the hobo wizard. That's, you know, that's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I love it. Me up. Yeah, please change. Relief. Just a court gesture please. over here. Exact. Yes, exactly. Hobo wizard. <laughs> that's exactly what you are now. Hobo, yeah. Oh god, I fucking love it. I love it. But, well, no, Zach, Zach, can you conjure me some that's avocado that's toast? That's like, like, do you have a spell? Clothing you have a sp- choices for every podcast from now yeah, on. Yeah, like, like, I'm gonna, like, a tear oh. down my cheek next to where? Um, Zach, like, Zach, can you, I... can you, like, can you, like, what, like, I don't know, cast a spell and get me, like, I don't know, like a craft beer? Finn something. has something like, more important than your outdated millennial jokes. I love craft beer, by the way. Are you raising your hand to shit on Zach right now? Yeah. No. Finn, no, I'm, I'm Finn, trying to please. steer it away. So Excuse I me, I want to dunk on Zach. I, look, if I wanted to dunk on Zach, I would have dunked on Zach. But you know what? That ship has sailed. It's easy just, to do. I really just wanted to, to piggyback off John's serious statement before it took a swift turn to shit town. Hey, but, that's, uh, that's how we do it here. It's just, is, is I really value the perspective that Steve brought to that entire conversation yeah because especially i didn't know know that about anthem and that kind of colors my outlook on it now yeah because that's not a good look story i am like i said i'm extremely online i live on twitter where the fuck was this story probably buried in apex legends shit like i'm real mad i didn't see this i mean i had no fucking idea i had no idea about the about the (laughs) creative director yeah. yeah, yeah. I can, I can link it to you if you want. Please, I feel like yeah. we report on this. Well, and and so one one last thing I wanted to say after 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 dunked on me, I really want to thank him. Uh, but mostly I want to thank him because I was about to come on here and be really appreciative of Microsoft putting in the effort and spending the the, the money on this because. So credit where credit's due, Microsoft could have spent this time to show us an ad for Crackdown 3, God forbid, or Game Pass or something else that will actually make a considerable amount of money. But I actually think that Steven made a stronger point, which is like, well, no, they're still trying to make back their money that they made on, on making this ad. So I, I, they don't quite get the praise that I was about to give them, but I, I still appreciate uh, him making me get real about what their real uh, uh, goal is with airing this ad, which is, again, for the greater good, we'll, we'll raise some investment, but they're also still trying to make some money here. They, they um, did still make the choice to invest in this in the first place. Like, yeah. they, looked, they looked at a, yeah. a, an extremely underserved community of people and said, this is this is worth our time and our yeah. attention and that matters especially considering there's a couple other major console makers and companies that 
I mean, I, I can't, I don't know what Steven knows, but at least from what I've seen, they're uh, not paying too much attention right now. Yeah. And they should be. Giant corporations are never your friend, but at the same time, they yeah. can still make decisions that are, that elevate like public discourse or public good. So right. that doesn't make them your friend, but that doesn't mean that they didn't make the right choice. And in that case, right. that's Microsoft made the right choice. So I think they could have done better. I think they, I think, <laughs> I think they could have done better. I think that they could have done worse. I think that uh, if you are an enlightened individual, as I know all of you are, that we have to look at things on, on the real. And the real is that this was not disabled porn. This was not, oh, look at the sad disabled people. They're going to play games now. They, they didn't do that. And I'm very appreciative that they didn't do that. At the same time, you know, they showed people with disabilities in their real settings, in their real worlds. And that, that deserves props. But, you know, we also have to say, okay, <laughs> why did they do this? Well, they want to bring attention to the controller. They want to sell more controllers. And that's great. And I hope that it does sell. I hope that it sells so much that I'm spending another three and a half years in secrecy not telling you about the next controller. But, you know, we got to get there first. Yeah, sure. Fantastic. Absolutely. So listen, uh, we, we've kept it pretty real. Let's go into our last topic. Hopefully it's more wholesome. Hopefully I don't get dunked on anymore because I'm fragile. Uh, chat, chat, everybody in chat, bring the dunks. Let's hear them. Please, come on, why? Because I'm in it's I'm time for an chaos. NBA dunk contest. You're the, yeah. you're the nicest out of work wizard I've ever met. Oh, Rebecca. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I so nobody in chat knows how often I get dunked on in the DMs because of my age. So please, <clears throat> please bring the dunks. We're it's not pretty gonna, much only goes at either you for being the <laughs> oldest of us or Zach for being the youngest. It's 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 only the two of them that get it. Well, so classic. Anyone dunks on you because of your because of your age is when you say something and then be like, oh, because you know I'm so much older than all of you, and then yeah, we all I, dunk on. You know what? You bring it on yourself, buddy. John, no, 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 John no. has this boomers victims complex, and I'm hey, sick of it. John. How about that? Okay, right there. All right. And by the way, I just want to point out something that Julian, Zach the Geomancer. <laughs> look, I just want to point out. You do look like a Geomancer out. with your Earth-colored robe, John. When everyone else is making fun of Zach for looking like a hobo wizard, you're the only one old enough to think we're talking about the movie where we first saw Mario Bros. 3. I don't, That's a deep cut. It is a deep cut. Because you know, it, it's, it, it's just not very good, though, Finn. It's a kind of a... Listen, That's why it was a perfect joke for you. Zach, take us to our next topic, please. All right, our next topic, it's wholesome. What Africa, gaming means... Drop me and Finch. Oh, sorry. I was trying to help you. <laughs> sorry. Good. Fuck me up, y'all. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Lena. Lena's immediately just roasting me. Cool. That's fair. Wow, Lena. Wow. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, no, 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 no. I have to read this out loud for people on all the podcasts. <laughs> Lena in chat says, Zach looks like he dropped out of Hogwarts to join his friend's startup, but it fell through, and now he uses his house as an incubator for his friend's idea. No. <laughs> That's my sister, y'all. <laughs> so wait, like, am I like the le am I like less problematic Ehrlich from Silicon Valley? Yes. Is, that, is that my character? Look, Zach, Lena dunks on you that hard because she can't go. If she pointed that at me, then I'd be killed on screen. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck. All right. Yeah, please. So continue. like, so as I as I try to recover here, 
please let's let's talk about uh, in all seriousness what what gaming uh, uh, means to us, but also uh, maybe maybe some things uh, through gaming that we have been opened up to or exposed to in a positive way that is maybe maybe just enriched our lives a little bit more uh, by being uh, uh, consumers of the medium. Uh, I, I don't know if we want to start with the guests or if we want to throw, like who who wants to fight for this topic to go first. I'll, Derek, I'll start. You oh, fine, John. Fine. Hey, hey, I'll go. Hey, yeah, it, hey, you're right. Hey, hey, you're right. It is. I started the podcast. It is all about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just. I'm just kidding. Um. Uh. So I have no. A I'll, background. So. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I, actually, I, Steve, do you want to go first because you do have the, no, I no, mean, no, I mean, no, you're good. no, no. Clearly, no. an ice sorcerer. Like, I don't want you to hit me with <laughs> a. So I'd let it go. Just go ahead. <laughs> Very He's well gonna sick the Lin Kuei on you for that one. Very well done. <laughs> um. So. So yeah. So you know when you talk about games and how they inspire us and it's for me, it's not just inspiration. I've told the story on a couple of other podcasts, just not this one. Um, but for me, it's also a story about how games saved my life. Um, growing up, I well, we'll just say I didn't have a happy childhood. Uh, and we'll leave it at that. Um, I've spoken at length about things and, you know, you know, stuff like that. Um, and up until, I was about 14 years old. Games were a really fun hobby for me, but they didn't take on the meaning uh, for me that they have now uh, until I, um, for Christmas, I got Final Fantasy VI uh, for Super Nintendo, uh, which was three back then. Uh, In Japan, it was six, but here it was the third Final Fantasy we'd received. So numerically speaking, back then it was Final Fantasy III. Um, And I played it and you know, it kind of changed everything for me. Um, And there was a moment in the game Spoilers for a fucking you know game from 1994, but there's a moment in the game where the villain Kefka wins and he tears the world apart. And one of the main characters, you know, your entire party is scattered, and one of the main characters, uh, Celeste, is the first one who wakes up, and you take control of her, and she's on an, a deserted island. There's nobody else there, but uh, another character who uh, in my playthrough died. Um, you can save him, but he he died in my playthrough, and. Um, at this point in my life, I was really dark. I was in a really bad place. I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, I had my childhood was not happy. My relationship with my father was not a good one. And I, I was really low. I, I was in a really bad way. And Celeste in the game, this was the first moment in a video game where I had seen a character attempt suicide. Uh, Celeste wakes up in a ruined world and she doesn't have her friends there. And she throws herself off of a cliff in an attempt to end her own life. Um, but she didn't. Uh, she she lived, and I thought to myself, Celeste was up until then was my favorite character in the game because she you know she had a strength and a it, not just not just just a strength of person, but a strength of character that I really admired. And to see a character that I connected with that strongly fall prey to something that I was going through at the time just kind of really blew my mind and made me. But she picked herself up. And she dusted herself off and she she kept on going. And I realized that I had to keep going too. I owed it to myself to be strong and I owed it to myself to pick myself up and not fall, no, not not fall victim to my demons, not succumb to the darkness that I felt around me. And I think that game probably saved my life. Um uh, which is why, you know, like I I talk final fantasy 6 and how awesome it is but for me it goes deeper than that for me that is an example of a game that just 
changed me and changed my whole outlook on life and helped me keep going. And that game is the reason that I love the way I do today. Um, the transformative power of games. That was the first moment I actually experienced it and the way that games can touch us and, and change us and affect our lives for the better. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, games have led me to all of you here on this podcast who, uh, who I love. You're all my closest friends at this point. I talk to you all uh, every day more than I do anybody I know in my real life, except for my wife. Um, and I couldn't be happier for any, I, I just, I treasure you. I like, I joke around and I treasure you. You know, I, I, we, we all poke fun at each other, but I treasure all of you more than, you know, every single one of you. And it's video games that brought you all to me. It's video games that brought us all together. And for that, I am eternally grateful for this medium. John, when you say wholesome shit like this, it makes it hard to dunk. Bud. So I feel like I see what your game is. Here. Witcher 3 combat sucks. <laughs> oh, see, this is why. Mm. Final Fantasy 15 is the second best Final Fantasy. See, it's, it's okay. He's bringing it back. I brought it back. We're good. Steve, I want to. I, I want to move on to Steve. I want yeah. to. I want to kick it to our guest. We should. Yes. Um. Okay. So, uh, gaming to me is a freedom maker, a difference maker. So, when when I was in school. Uh, back when, um, uh, mid '90s or so, uh, yeah, gaming. Just, just, just go with it, man. Listen, I don't even care. The uh, back in the <laughs> back in those days, uh, you had a very few choices of video games. You had Ultima Online, you had EverQuest, and that was about it. If you wanted to play online, and uh, one of my classmates had mentioned this online persistent world where he was. A guild master, and he could, you know, uh, command these people to help, you know, build this world and influence things and change things. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting, but you know, I don't have a computer powerful enough to handle it. I grew up pretty poor, so you know, it was like out of my reach. And uh, around the same time, we were seniors, and uh, you know, my friends started changing what they would do for after school activities so the going over to our friend's house and playing video games started stopping because they were going out to the club later that night or instead of going and hanging out with my friends at the mall they were too busy because they were getting ready to go sneak some alcohol somewhere and things that late teenagers do and these were things that you know i probably would have participated in except there was one step to get into the club that they all went to and I couldn't conquer that one step because there was no such thing as portable ramps at the time. You know, I couldn't go to the hotel parties because the rooms were too small for a wheelchair to fit with 12 other people. Um, the, these, these life obstacles started getting into the way. And that's when I sort of revisited with my friend's idea of, you know, this is where you could go. You could go and you could play and you could start having a different life. And the idea of having a different life was very powerful, very interesting to me. And I sort of got into it at first and was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. You know, we, we call all the other money and, and, you know, I got into it a little bit. And my friend helped me get like spare parts because he worked at a computer store and he could get like, you know, secondhand, you know, 56K modems and other ancient relic technology. Um, and we started playing. And I, I fell in love with this world where I could do all of the same things that everyone else in that video game could do. I could cast spells, I could slay monsters, I could run around and make a fortune. There were no glass ceilings for me 
in that virtual world like there was in real life. And I quickly started making friends and I started having people to hang out with more often than I would my friends in real life. And they wanted to do the same things that I did instead of wanting to go do the things I couldn't. And I met a woman there that was very intriguing and we ended up in a three and a half year real life relationship where we saw each other every month. Uh, she was you know, in Chicago and I was in Pittsburgh and we, we did the long distance dating thing. And it was, it was, a, a game changer for me it changed the way that i perceived life and what life could be and without video games my life would have been sitting and watching tv and wondering what all my friends were doing and why they weren't doing anything with me because there was other things to do so uh for me it was uh it was powerful it was it was the difference between having a life where I was missing out or a life where I was fulfilled. And that to me is what video games mean. This is the most wholesome episode of this podcast. I think we... that was amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's hard to follow. It's hard to follow that one up. Um, Cause it's, it's pretty fucking powerful. Thank um, you for sharing and... that by the way, Steve. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go, I guess I'll go and do a, do a quick one. Um, Please. But I mean, it, it's, it's kind of coattailing on, on what you mentioned a little bit earlier, John, which is, one, um, introducing me to people uh, who who want to think about games, um, but also people who want to think about games in the medium at a more critical level. Um, I always have had friends, like, you know, even in high school, people who you're just trying to kill time with in, in, in between classes or whatever, let's talk about, you know, whatever game is popular at the time. For me, uh, it was usually like Call of Duty Modern Warfare was like really big when I was young. Um, but like, I never really had people who want to think about them critically. Um, and I definitely am not the, the sharpest critical mind out there, but like I wanted people to talk about what games meant more often. And then uh, throughout college, I kind of found an audience, not an audience that I could that I could really talk to, but an audience that I could at least uh, feel like minded with, especially through Twitter, where I could start thinking about um, there was a time where like like in 2013, I really was high. Like as an example, I was really high on games like Bioshock Infinite. And then I was exposed to audiences that thought harder than I did about the games that I was playing and made me realize some of the problematic nature in the games that I was enjoying and the audiences that I was finding comfort in. Uh, and so I can really appreciate audiences within gaming uh, being more socially conscious than I am and pushing me to think harder um, and really getting me to engage in politics uh, in, in ways that I wasn't before. Um, like, I, I was like the centrist gamer had logged on until I started paying fucking attention. Um, and then I started uh, uh, just really caring about politics. And I, I don't know, like, I don't think I gave a shit about, about half of the things going around in our country until I started seeing people play games, which is weird. Like, it, it's really weird for me to say that um, through enjoying these virtual places and and you know, through Twitter and social media, I actually cared more about the people I was seeing in life every day. Um, but I don't know, man, I guess, I guess games have shown me how important politics are and, and have also exposed me to a diversity of life that I wasn't getting otherwise, which was a, a, a fucking fault of my uh, environment that I was putting myself in before. But I don't know. That's pretty much it for me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, dude. That's what art does. Yeah, you know? exactly. Art is art. Uh, video games are, are a form of art to... I don't know, hopefully uh, help you consider a different angle and expand your horizons uh, and make you think about things that you wouldn't normally, which again, uh, you know, building off of what, you know, I said and Steven said, and, and you just said like, that just speaks more to the transformative, transformative power of this medium uh, than anything else. 
uh rebecca why don't we go to you next um yeah i mean you know some of these are really hard to follow um i i got into gaming really really late actually for my generation i mean i'm i know i'm one of the younger ones here but i also just got into it fairly late like i i had a game white color with pokemon gold and silver that was like the first thing i ever owned and then i owned Hell a yeah. and then i owned a gamecube and then like that's that's pretty much it like i i really didn't game all that much growing up um i was a giant book nerd um i read just like constantly um i ended up being Books. an english major yeah how I dare mean, you try to educate yourself and expand no, your mind play video games rebecca well and i did i did I, I like played some games i didn't but you know my parents were really down on them um i grew up in a fairly religious household in a fairly religious environment and um some of that i mean it was never like actively discouraged from playing games but there was always kind of this attitude of oh you're wasting your time with that um and so i didn't i didn't play a ton but um kind of alongside that i also grew up um with just a lot of issues with being really timid and feeling really inferior about myself and feeling like i was never going to be good enough or smart enough or strong enough or you know enough for anyone ever um and so i never i never felt that i had a play i never felt confident about anything um i never felt that i had something that i was really good at or something that i was really competent in and i just kind of assumed that that was life i just assumed that i was you know always going to be trying to be good enough and never going to be making it and that was going to be my life and i went to college um to be an english major and i really I, like i enjoyed that i loved i loved digging into books and you know finding you know connections and literature and talking with other people about um you know the the things that i found as i was reading and like i had so much fun doing that like it was just a blast but when i got to my senior year um and started exploring career paths um, I mean, I don't want to get into like all the details, but, you know, I went, I went out to a couple things trying to figure out like, what I want to do? Like, did I want to teach? Did I want to, you know, do research? What did I want to do? And I like nothing fit. Like I had this thing that I loved to do and that I felt for the first time, maybe I was kind of good at, but I, like, I, I couldn't find a place for myself in it. And so I graduated from college and I just had like no sense of direction. I was kind of like working as a technical writer. And I didn't know what to do with myself. Like, I just, I felt like I wasn't good at anything. I had this degree that was useless and I was just going to never be good at anything for the rest of my life. And I started writing about video games kind of on a whim. Like I had a friend of mine who said, oh, you played Assassin's Creed last year. That's a video game. There's the site that's looking for more contributors to write stuff about video games. Why don't you just go do that if you're bored and want something more interesting to write about? And so I kind of did it on a whim. And I, I mean, I realized pretty quickly, like, how in over my my head I was when I started like I have a very vivid memory of them like announcing Dark Souls 3 or something and everybody just losing their mind and I'm like what the fuck is a Dark Souls <laughs> I was just like <laughs> like I just had no idea like I, I had John's barely... so upset no but I, I had barely like dipped my toe into what video games were like I knew what Nintendo games were and I knew like a couple other things that I played on my friend's Xbox 360 and that was it and I like my first year doing that was just this massive crash course in this whole world of games. And I started reviewing games and I started playing them more and more. And I started playing all these like really cool indie games. And in that first year, I discovered that all the things that I, I mean, like a lot of the things that I loved about literature and that I loved about reading and talking with other people about books, I could also find in video games. 
like there was amazing games criticism out there that I could read and kind of like what Zach said there are people who are much smarter than me doing like this great work to break down you know, these ideas and games and you know what it means for a video game to do you know one thing or the other and I, I just loved it and I spent that whole year just absorbing like like I volunteered to cover like absolutely every event that I could and I read like everything that I could and I, I played as many games as I possibly could and I was just like trying to catch up on this world and um I very after a couple of years I very vividly remember going to E3 and so a few years before that I had gone to this conference for like writers and stuff and I thought it was going to be this big breakthrough moment for me where I figured out this is what I'm going to do with my life and I went I had a good time but it ended up being just this huge disappointment I was like oh this is a good time but this isn't what I wanted to do with my life and I went to E3 for the first time to cover it as a journalist and I kind of felt like that same feeling like either I'm going to come out of this knowing what I want to do with my life or I'm going to come out of this feeling like I've just wasted several more years. But that time I came out of it knowing what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to do this. And so I guess for me, I mean, gaming is giving me a community of friends. It's giving me a community of people who have the same interests with me, who I can discuss these things with. And it's also given me confidence and a feeling of competence. Like, I know I'm still newer than a lot of my peers, but I've also put in a ton of work. And I know my shit now. And I'm still learning. I mean, I still have, like, a ton more to learn. And I love, but I love that. Like, like you know, yeah. the, the, the more the more you know, the more you find that there is to know. But I also I, I do feel a lot more competent and confident in the things that I do know, and that's been an amazing feeling. I've never felt confident about anything in my life before this, and so that's that's mine, I guess. Plus, you're fucking wholesome as hell. So, and that's something that all of us need more of. So, We're all I, so wholesome. This whole podcast has been so wholesome tonight. Don't worry, I'll bring it back down. No, don't. I no, will. No. I know. I, I guarantee it's going to happen. Hey, Finn, talk to me about what gaming means to you, man. I, I kind of don't want to. Okay. Oh, because okay, never mind. No, no. Everybody else's is so impactful and meaningful, and mine just feels really shallow. Okay, so Finn, to... Finn, I'm going to be real with no you. No such thing. That's bullshit. If that, that's bullshit. It's if it's a, it's a, it, you. If it's me, if it's important to you, then it's important to it's it's important. Period. So let's hear it. Okay. I mean, I just okay. So uh -uh, there's not a it's not a it's not a comparison. Everybody has a story to tell. You just have to give them the time to hear it. Exactly. All right. I mean, so for me, I kind of grew up with it. When I was three, my uncle uh, bought me a Nintendo, the original. Um, my parents never forgave him. But it for 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 me, gaming was always how I met my friends. Um, my best friend growing up, my best friend to this day, is still someone that we met in preschool, and he had all the video game systems, and we would hang out and play all these games. Every friend, every major friend <laughs> I've made through school and growing up has had video games at the core of why our friendship started. Um, all the way to, because I'm not quite at John's age, but I'm still at the age where growing up, grade school, middle school, high school, gaming was still seen as kitty and juvenile and not to be taken seriously. Um, so it was not something you advertised at school because that's how you got made fun of. So I had a core group of friends that I, I played sports a lot in school. So only my friends knew I played video games. It was not something I advertised. It was not something I was proud of because it wasn't, uh, it was just to put a target on me for all my other friends, but my best friends, every grade going up had gaming at its core, whether it was 
the first time I played Final Fantasy was with one of my friends. The first time I played Mega Man was with one of my friends. Um, some of my best interactions with Saki have been us playing games together. Um, I kind of met some cool people from a podcast um, about video games. I have the job I have now in the video game industry because I had friends that wanted to talk about video games with me and that parlayed itself into my career. Everything I am and everything I do can be traced back to a Christmas present or a birthday present when I was three. And for the big chunk of my life, it was a source of shame to the public at large. And I'm really just happy that we are now in some, I don't want to say golden era of, because there's still so much wrong with the industry, but it's it's been refreshing and wonderful to grow up and see it mature to the point where it's now an accept, it is part of society. It is here to stay and it's not something to be ashamed of anymore. And I think that's really amazing and makes me happy. So. Not as oh, old there. as I am. Go. Not as oh. old as I am. Good. Yes, it was a good story. And he even managed to get a dig in at my age. So well done, Finn. Yeah, which is really the accomplishment here. Derek, it's take only a lesser one. Oh no. Oh me. Okay. Um. So I mean, gaming, Bad. like very very stereotypically, like gaming was an escape for me for a long time when I was really young. Um, I uh. I, I was very, very, like, tremendously awkward and withdrawn. Um, I was being, uh, for a good chunk of, of my life when I was younger, I was being, I've been open about this. I was physically and sexually abused. Um, I was mutilated. Um, and I, you know, that causes you to not be the kind of, of young kid who really makes friends very easily because you're weird and nobody wants to hang out with you. So, so, I mean, very stereotypically, like gaming was, was my escape. It was, it was the thing that took me out of the world that was, um, in many ways, literally trying to kill me. Um, you know, and, and it was a, a, a great way for me to bond. Um, you know, my, my dad played video games, um, on the computer. He loved stuff like doom and Diablo and Starcraft and age of empires. And, and so we'd play that sort of stuff together on the computer. And, and, uh, my, my younger brother and sister, Brad and, and Lena, who's in chat. Um, you know, I, I played video games with at, at various times. It was a good bonding experience. Um, and it, it started as a very non-critical, like, this is my escape and I need to, to take me as far away from the world that I'm in as possible. I was also a huge book reader at the same time for the same reason. Um, but as I grew older, I, I think being such a voracious consumer of, of books and games and movies and other forms of media, like, made me care more about how these things were made about the the art within them about the storytelling about being maybe a little more critical because i wanted to both a find the stuff that was better to find better uses for my time but also b to be introduced to more new ideas and to find ways to expand my thinking um you know and as, as i as i grew up and i rehabilitated and i came out of my shell and i became more social um gaming became at that point luckily um you know, in the, in the late 2000s, you know, like high school age, gaming was getting a lot more, not cool exactly, but it wasn't lame. Um, so it was, it was a lot easier for me to actually make friends and bond, 
uh, over gaming. I got into fighting games um, and became a like fighting game tournament player and and tournament organizer for some games for the social aspect of it to to learn and meet people over video games. Um, and up until very recently, even I was still organizing uh, fighting game tournaments. Um, you know, as a way to constantly meet new people and 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 see their stories and hear their stories, and uh, you know, it's 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 not just a hobby. Like to me, it's it's an art, um, and it has both expanded the way that I look at storytelling and at art. Like it was my introduction to caring about art as a broader subject and not specifically just like, oh, art is when people put a stick against a paper and make a, a pretty thing. Um, but but also, like I said, it, it got me through some incredibly difficult times, um, you know, to help me. Maybe that's not healthy for everybody, but it's what got me through. Um, and then it helped me meet people and meet friends and become more social and social butterfly out into the beautiful pan disaster that I am today that all of you, you are know beautiful. and love. I am a beautiful fucking disaster and you all love me for it. So you read it. I mean, um, you read us a, a, you read us a bedtime lullaby. Podcast. Yeah, it was so sure good. Did. Yeah. So I wish, the, I wish, the, I wish, Steve, I wish Steve had been there. It's still, it's still clipped on our Twitch page. I wish Steve so. had been there for that one. That was, but, um, so, so I read, I read, was, go the was, fuck to sleep. It was beautiful. He read, go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, but, that's, that's um, awesome. but yeah, it was, uh, so that's, that's what it was for me. It's been many different things at different points in my life. Um, it was a way for me to escape trauma at first. Um, and then it became a way for me to kind of engage with art and with storytelling, which I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about storytelling very specifically. Um, and then it became my way to meet people and engagement became like, I didn't want to define myself around gaming, but it was how I met people. Um, and, and now, like I said, it's, it's, uh, even, even though I, uh, you know, work primarily in like regular news. Um, you know, my, my whole online life, my whole Twitter life and my whole thing with SDGC all exists because of my passion for gaming. And because I wanted to find people to talk to about gaming, whether to learn or to teach, um, about the, the deeper meanings and sometimes just to share some kind of uncritical joy of something that's not particularly problematic, you know, like, uh, I don't have anything particularly artistic to say about Devil May Cry other than that. I love it. You know, and sometimes that's all you got to know. So, so that's where I am. Yeah, that's fantastic. These these are the kind of stories that I love to hear, especially as somebody who has lived his entire life with uh, anxiety and depression. Um, these these uplifting stories about about how powerful games are, um, like you know stories like Steve's and Derek's and 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 everybody's and Finn, Rebecca, Zach. Um, this is this is why I love this medium um, because. Please, Steve. No, 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 Steve. Please. You know, it's interesting just just thinking about how you know some of you were, were hesitant to share your stories, and I'm sure you know, I see a couple of people sharing their stories in chat, but like the it. predominantly people you know may not necessarily want to share. Yeah. And I think I think here's here's the real secret for those of you who are listening on the podcasts and not watching the video. Um, there's a thread through all six of these stories that you heard today. And that is, they each have to do 
with social isolation. Each and every one of us, on some level, is fighting against being isolated socially because it's bred into us from the time that we are born on this planet. And socially, we have learned that you must remain viable in a social economy because otherwise you get tossed out of the tribe and you freeze to death, right? So when we're talking about these stories, whether you feel like your personal story is impactful to the world or world changing it only matters that it changed the world for one person even if that's you you know when i was at an abilities expo in chicago abilities expos are just like pax east except they're for disabled people they're for people who want to find new technologies new kinds of adaptive equipment right we went there and there was this booth that we set up that had all kinds of gaming equipment, it had monitors on it, and we had all of our tech toys at the time where you could play, you know, with various disabilities. And there was this family that came up near the booth, a mom and a dad and son and a daughter and another son in a wheelchair. And the son in the wheelchair was profoundly disabled. He was reclined with a heart monitor on his table. He was, he had a troll bib. He was not really looking around too much. He couldn't turn his head. And I could see this family looking at us. And they're like, you know, staring at the Forza machine, the racing setup. And I'm sort of walking over to them going, you know, do you guys want to check this out? No, 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 we can't, we can't. Why not? Well, because it's just not for us. Well, Okay, but why don't you just let me give it a shot? Maybe I can can help your son. Maybe we can change something here. No, no, no. Well, I finally convinced him to come over. And we bring him over to the Forza station. We get them, you know, looking at the game, and I bring over Mark, and, and we're both sort of doing the question and answer thing with the family. And we're doing a full body assessment. We noticed that the kid has no ability to move his neck, his arms, his fingers, his hands. The only thing that we've noticed is while we're talking, his foot is moving just a little bit. So Mark sees this, and I see it, and we confer. We're like, all right, why don't we try the foot pedal? So we get a foot pedal, we plug it into our Adroit controller, which is the basically predecessor to the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Plug it into the Xbox. Mark holds it up to the kid's foot. And all of a sudden, the car on the screen comes roaring to life. And it goes across the field and smashes into the wall on the other side of the track. And the kid starts bubbling and squealing. And he is just, you can see the vibrations. He's wanting to wiggle and throw himself around. Because he's so happy that he just crashed the car into a wall. And... That moment really let me know that gaming is about just wanting to be with someone else. That kid just wanted to participate. And that would be a fantastic story on its own, except the continuation is the next day when the father, who is, I don't know, six foot 27 Marine, would make the rock look like a small dude, comes up behind me, taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around and I'm like, oh, hey, you know. How's it going? And he's got tears in his eyes. Steve, I just, I had to come by and thank you. Well, it's no problem, you know, Mr. So-and-so. You know, I'm just doing my job. We're here, you know, trying to help people out. 
He's like, no, seriously. And he squeezes my shoulder, and uh, a little painful because dude is super marine big. Uh, but he, he's he's crying at this point. He's like, you don't understand. You changed my son's life, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I was happy to help, you know, get him in the gaming, and that's fantastic. And I'm doing my spiel that I always do for everyone. And he's like, you don't understand. Every weekend, we sit on the couch. My son is nonverbal. He can't talk to me, but he lays his head in my lap, and whenever a video game commercial comes on, he starts squealing and wiggling, and I know that he wants to play, and you gave that to him. You you gave him a dream. And it just sort of hit me, and I almost fell out of my wheelchair because that moment I knew that video games aren't really about video games. Video games are about how we avoid social isolation it's about how we connect to one another and how we become this very large family yeah oh wow i'm damn that is as powerful a note as we're ever going to be able to end on ever in this podcast history all right yeah that one uh that one got me oh you got john misty eyed it's beautiful <laughs> true story uh, i will yeah, I, yeah. Um, so St- Stephen, the work you're doing here is, um, it, listen, it's, it's incredibly important and, and, um, we thank you for sharing your time. Um, I'm sure a lot of people already follow, uh, both you and Able Gamers, but like one more time, can you tell people where they can find you, uh, and, and all that sort of stuff? Absolutely. So I'm the most active on Twitter. You can find me at Stephen Spawn, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-P-O-H-N. They'll probably have links and doodads somewhere around here. Uh, you can always catch me talking about random stuff, either viral wisdom or you know random meme jokes. You can catch Able Gamers, uh, literally Able Gamers, literally anywhere on the entire planet. We probably own Able Gamers. And if you're a Twitcher, you can catch me streaming five nights a week on playing video games with assistive technology on my acronym name, Steven, Steve, S-T-E-V-E-I-N-S-P-A-W-N, kind of like the Spawn character. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. No, Steve, Steve, it was a, such an honor to have you. Um, and uh, I sincerely hope you'll come back um, because this has been one of the most, not just not just informative, but also just, I think, just all around special episodes we've ever done of, of SDGC. Um, and uh, wow, like I just, that, this has really touched me. Thank you for sharing that seriously from, from the bottom of all of our hearts. That was amazing. Um, Wow, I'm gonna be thinking about that all day tomorrow. I, I hope that um, if if I if I give any gift to any of you, it's that the reason that I do these podcasts, not only because John is cool and my friend, but because I want everyone to know that everyone has a story to tell. And some of those stories will make you cry, some of them will make you laugh, and some of them will make you angry, and some of them will do all three. But I think it's important that we all get out there and we share our stories, even when we don't think they're important, because you never know who is listening. And, you know, I would sum it up like this, Steve. Um, what you what you gave me and what other people have given me is perspective. Perspective that I didn't have until now. Um, and I'm always grateful for more perspective. Um, I think we all are. Um, yeah. I will, uh, so we've got a lot of new, I will close We've got a lot of new people in chat, so I will quickly shill. It, it's shameless, but but got to tell you guys a little bit about us real quick. So um, uh, we do also have a podcast for movies and television. 
uh, called Pause for Popcorn, and Jeff and uh, Jeff and Justin run that podcast. They're recording another episode tonight. We also do uh, Justin and myself um, and our fellow Take This uh, Streaming Ambassador Brian. We do every two weeks. We'll do it. We're uh, we're doing it again this Sunday. We do a mental health podcast called Support Class. We talk about our experiences with anxiety and depression. We talk about how gaming helps us cope, and uh, also just talk about how gaming makes us makes us feel both both because there are pros and cons uh, to playing games when you're anxious or depressed. And we we do a deep dive on that. We examine that. Um, and uh, I highly encourage you to check out some of our past episodes. We've we've done some collaborative work with Kind of Funny. We co we hope we co-hosted Kind of Funny Games Daily with them back in November, um, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. So highly recommend you check that out. And uh, please also check out Rebecca's articles on Rebecca. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find? Oh, um, I mean, I write for GamesIndustry.biz. If you want to read about the business of games, um, come check us out. If you read any kind of if, you, if you've read if you've read a story that had kind of a businessy angle somewhere on the internet at some point um chances are you could probably trace it back to us awesome awesome all right and uh please throw us a follow here on twitter follow us on ad finn what's up i just wanted to add uh to our current roster of things people can tune into uh, to celebrate the launch of Kingdom Hearts 3, we have an ongoing series of Let's Play segments where I am playing the Kingdom Hearts 3 with no knowledge of the franchise for the last 13 years. Wow. Gone in completely blind with just Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 to my uh, credit. And so it's that's just an SDGC special thing that's going on until the game is over, but you can join that just clusterfuck of confusion and fun. And uh, yep, please join Finn for that. And also, I don't know if regular podcast week because it's Valentine's Day on Thursday. Um, and I know I won't be here because out. Uh, I've got to cook her dinner. You're cutting uh, it out real yeah, bad. Yeah, we're, you're, John, you're cutting out. I'm going to take over from here if you don't mind, buddy. Please, just, go ahead. Your mic is a little bit cutty. So, so what John was saying is... Uh, Right uh, before he they, cuts out for an extended yeah. period of time. Oh, me? Yes. Did I cut out? So yeah. we may or may not have a show next week. We're not sure. We're gonna tally oh, up. Again. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna tally up and we're gonna see how many people we have who are available because obviously on Valentine's Day a lot of us are gonna have commitments, but not all of us will. We're not all of us will have commitments during the time that the show normally is. So we may have a show, we may do something else entirely. We'll let y'all know. That's the extent of that one. Yep, pretty much. And uh, am I am I still cutting in and out? You're yeah. good for the okay. moment. Okay, cool. And also, don't forget to check us out at PAX East this year. Uh, we'll be on a couple panels uh, with Jake Baldino and Dave Oshry and Tom Johnson and a few others uh, and Dolly Domovsky. So it's more that uh, we're waiting on approval for. So please be excited for that. And uh, well, hey, please be with excited. that, as always. What's that? Please be, said, please, yeah, be excited. Say, please be excited for the future. Uh, and with that, it's not always poetry and we don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next time, everybody, please take care of each other. We'll see you next time.